0: Welcome to The Paleo View. I'm Stacy Toth of PaleoParents.com. You might also know me as the broth lady or the inventor of the hashtag more vegetables than a vegetarian. I'm the co-author of several paleo cookbooks including Eat Like a Dinosaur, Beyond Bacon, Real Life Paleo. I like to talk about health at any size and self-love and personal acceptance. Specifically, I have a love for lifting heavy things. If you're interested in finding more out about that, you can also find me on Strong
1: Radio. And I'm Dr. Sarah Valentine of ThePaleoMom.com. I'm the New York Times bestselling author of The Paleo Approach and The Paleo Approach Cookbook. I'm passionate about nutrient density and the intersection of diet and lifestyle with health, which really means I just love talking about science.
0: News and Peace,
1: where Sarah and I catch up and you get to listen to
0: our gossip. How are you? I'm really good. I've had a really great weekend, and I only have a two day work week coming up, so I'm super jazzed.
1: Like, drunk already and ready to just be integrated into the foreseeable future. I'm drunk on life, is what I'm saying. It's just, you know. That's like the good kind of drunk. (laughs) How are you? Or the the less liver toxic type of drunk. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Clearly, (laughs) I'm feeling a little bit spunky right now. no, I um I'm good. It's kind of one of those weird things. So the kids are out all week and so it's not even the end of the weekend and I'm already disoriented. Like it's <laughs> Yeah, that the schedule. The schedule's gonna yeah. ride. Um so like it's already like uh my husband and I stayed up watching television until like ridiculous o'clock last night and um and then, like I, I don't know, I got up and like really over-caffeinated myself this morning to compensate. I'm, I'm like, how did I deteriorate to this sleep pattern in like two days? I'm like, okay, this is not this is not not sustainable for an entire week off. And time to not do that again. But
0: it was um, also probably as equally healthful to your health
1: that you relaxed, and it was really nice to take a night off. So I have been working evenings. A lot more than I like to lately. And I've had a lot of evening interviews, like evening events, and it's been definitely getting to me to just not be able to have that, like put the kids to bed and have this downtime. And I've noticed in my, um, that I'm starting to get these like afternoon lows of of energy and I'll get cold. And so um, I know that's, you know, it's either my adrenals or my thyroid or how they're connected and it's both. And so it's like, okay, like warning, warning, stop, pull back. (laughs) So, so, um, you know, the good thing is, is that I've, you know, it's hard won knowledge and it's knowledge that came from making a lot of mistakes and ignoring my body signals for a long time. But I have, I've gotten pretty good at like listening to that and, and noticing it before it's like not easily reversible wait did I I don't know if I messed up the grammar in that sentence. I can notice it while there's still lots of time to just tighten things up and it can you know just fix itself really easily so um so that's I mean that's my goal for this week right now, and to cook an epic dinner, apparently for all the people on Thursday. <laughs> uh, I was trying to count, and I think we're gonna have I believe twelve and eight ninths people. At eight, dinner, Is it eight ninths already for, eight for the Crandall's little child? Ah, yeah, eight ninths. So I'm super excited. I'm anticipating belly rubbing, even though I have
0: uh, no idea if that's going to be acceptable. No, nope, I can tell you, Janie and I, I'm doing the thing right now where your fingers go from one person's eye to the other eye. Like, I hung out with Janie at Brent and Heather's wedding, and she is not the belly rubbing type. Although I'm sure she will like swallow it once or twice and just let it happen. But she's not going to just want to be like, Hey, Sarah, let's snuggle and you can touch my belly.
1: So, okay. So <laughs> that wasn't actually what I had in mind. So probably will be cool because <laughs> there comes a point where I, I just like there's like the, Oh, I want one. And then it's like spiral into depression. So there's, there's a, like a, there's a small amount where it's like, I'm so happy for you. And then like i pull back. Got to pull back because then, then it goes, oh, I'm really old and I can't have any more. Boom. That's how that goes in my brain. It's a thing.
0: So for it's- everybody else who's already had Thanksgiving or is perhaps even listening to this on Thanksgiving, I hope you had a uh, wonderful time and got to spend quality
1: time with your loved ones I we should, we should do like a one two three happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, thing. Yes. Yeah, but like actually timed together. Okay, really dorky. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. One two three. Happy, happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. That's why we never time anything together on the podcast ever.
0: You can tell that that was completely unplanned and
1: syncopated.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So I am adopting a family this year for Christmas as well. So we had Friendsgiving this week, which was really super awesome. We had a paleo potluck with paleo friends um, that were available and not sick with strep, which was going around. And um, Nicole from Merit and Fork and her better other half. And then um, Brent and Heather, whom you know from Virginia Hunter Gathers. Um, and... Um, my mom and my mom's other half, uh, which is a thing that's happening. Um, the, those people who follow my mom on social media, which there are some of you who do, which cracks me up. She was highly entertained by last week's Stacy's mom has got a going on joke, by the way. Um, we'll know that she is uh, was dating for a really long time. A whole bunch of um, awkward dates that she loved to tell tales of. But she's finally seeing someone who came over for Friendsgiving. We had a lovely... Evening, we made grass-fed organic prime rib to feed, like, 15 people. Yum. It was insanely amazing. And I just had leftovers for dinner. Um, and then, of course, for Thanksgiving, we're going to have my the rest my family is coming over. And then Jennifer Robbins from Predominantly Paleo and her family are coming over because I'm adopting her since they're a military family. And I was like... Hey, you have to be part of my family. Like this is a thing. You can't have Thanksgiving by yourself. And also, because she makes amazing food, and I like people that make amazing food and bring it to my home. That's a thing. Who doesn't want that, right?
1: Right. Well, no. I mean, I've got the Crandalls coming over, (laughs) right? And I'm like two cooks. So I've always, so I started cooking Thanksgiving dinners. I cooked my first like stuffed turkey when I was 16, and then like from then on. Like every year for Thanksgiving, I took on like a gradually bigger proportion of the responsibilities. And then when I moved away for grad school, I started putting on these big Thanksgiving dinners for like all of, you know, my fellow students or, you know, all my friends who, you know, didn't have family close by and weren't going to go home. In Canada, it's only a three day weekend. So it's sort of like, yeah, it's not quite long enough to travel a long ways to, for, you know. Turkey dinner. So, um, so I used to, I started throwing these like big, huge, and like refuse to let anybody cook, right? Like, no, 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 come over, I'll do all the cooking. And yeah, now, it used to be us. And now I'm like, I'm like hey, come can you- over, help me cook. Yep. <laughs> can you bring it's, like, something? a completely different thing. Um, but I've been doing these turkey dinners for uh, like, as we established last week, I'm officially old and I'm waving my cane right now to, 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 you know, I've got a cane in solidarity
0: open. with you. Matt says excellent. Matt loved our joke. He says we need to start cane club, like clone club, <laughs> um, because there's this- hashtag cane club. Cane That's club. It. Yep, there's this person at work that also likes to be curmudgeonly with me about those the
1: children.
0: Um, so I'm with you. I'm fully in cane club myself.
1: Excellent, excellent. So, um, so yeah, so I've been. It's you know I've been doing it a long time, and I've I don't feel stressed out by cooking Thanksgiving dinner. Like I've, I've got it enough where I like, I have my staples and I have it. I know what time I have to start cooking. And I basically start about five hours before dinner and I cook straight for five hours and then dinners, dinners made. But I'm like super excited to have more than one cook in the kitchen again this year, because last year the Crandalls also came and Russ took care of the turkey. And then I did all the sides. I'm kind of hoping something. So here's, Okay, so we decided there's so many people we have to do two turkeys because we all want leftovers. So it's like a turkey for dinner that night and a turkey for leftovers. So we're trying to figure out if both turkeys will fit in my smoker. And if not, I think we might have to have a turkey showdown. <laughs> I don't know that I would want to have a turkey showdown with Russ. It would be like smoked turkey versus roasted turkey, I think yeah, is what yeah. would happen. So that that could be a thing. That could be a very interesting thing. It could happen. This could be the year of the great paleo Turkey showdown <laughs> ever so it this is by the time this show goes live, whatever happened with these turkeys has like already happened now. so I encourage everyone to check out my Instagram feed because that's where I'll be sharing any you know Turkey showdown. turkey showdown twenty fifteen iron paleo, so paleo chef that. Would be epic. Ingredient turkey. Right. There we go. (laughs) I feel like I have to get like a really patriotic apron now. I really love Thanksgiving.
0: And it's interesting to me that um, you do it because you're Canadian. But it's also like I don't think of this holiday as I guess a lot of people might think of the holiday. Like, I don't know. We don't eat corn, we don't like talk about. The pilgrims, you know, we just
1: take this opportunity. Is corn corn a traditional thing for an American Thanksgiving?
0: Yes. So, American Thanksgiving is where the pilgrims and the Indians,
1: like, the Indians basically saved the pilgrims from starvation. Yeah.
0: I don't know that the Americans saw it that way for a while, but I think we're all kind of in agreement and there right now, except the 12 listeners that I've just offended. But yes. Um, Twelve out of eighteen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, so corn, please, please corn is one of those. Educate me. Yes. Yeah, so corn is one of those foods that the Indians had cultivated and knew in America, but that like people off the boat were not familiar. So it was
1: with. like a first Thanksgiving food.
0: Yes, and cranberries, I believe, are another one of those um, that were like new to us new here won't have scurvy anymore Amer- america food so okay. um yeah that's why like my mom's family Apparently dandelion greens were too i have no idea about that i just know that corn was a biggie because that's the so, one they teach us in so school. is corn
1: then like a traditional side dish for an american thanksgiving yeah i think a lot of people like my family always
0: did cornbread ah okay yeah so, and I don't know, like if people do, I think there's like a corn pudding dish that a lot of people do. That's, have you ever had that? Like, it's kind of like a souf- like a savory souffle. No, um, but it sounds awesome. Yeah. I'm not going to
1: lie. That wasn't terrible.
0: But so those kinds of dishes make it onto the table. It's not like you're actually eating like a corn on a
1: cup. Okay, So that's, yeah. I was just trying to, I was trying to wrap my head around like, what part of corn is traditional? Because as far as I know, I mean, maybe, you know, Canadians got regional cultural differences too so it might just be like where I grew up it wasn't a thing but we never had corn as part of Canadian Thanksgiving you'd have a lot of like root vegetables um, you know stuffed turkey cranberry sauce pumpkin pie. You know, mashed potatoes gravy. Like, the, I think those are sort of yeah.
0: Those those a are lot all pain. traditional. Those are all traditional foods. But in so I'm just saying from the perspective of like in school, in American school system, when they teach you about this holiday, they teach it as like pilgrims and Native Americans um, yeah, coming yeah, yeah. coming together. I totally noticed
1: that. I'm just okay. No, I'm no. i have seriously. There's been a lot of little crafty things come back. That's okay. Well, you were asking me to educate you about American that. culture. Oh, I. Hey, so if I ever want to do a citizenship exam, I got to know these things. You right? got to, yeah. All and
0: I- I'm definitely the best educator for your citizen exam. <laughs> so
1: I would completely trust me. My oldest daughter is in third grade and she's is... all of the patriots and that's why I've been t- I've been trying to help her with her homework and like every time she asks me a question I'm like, uh, let me go to Wikipedia <laughs> and re- read up about Susan B Anthony and right and then okay, now I can actually help you understand, you
0: know. But third grade history is what you have to know for your citizen exam, so it's good
1: yes, for you guys to learn it together." Perfect. So, it's just there there so was... You should
0: just schedule the exam now that it's fresh.
1: Right? Yeah. <laughs> In my ample spare time. No, before we can do the exam, we have to do the interview. Mm. And, yeah, so I think it goes interview, exam, ceremony, I think are the three steps. It can take, like, a year, which yeah. is why I've been, like, yeah, but sometime, sometime soon. I, like, have been officially been allowed to apply for citizenship for, like, three months now. So it's not like I've been, like – waiting for six years and been able to do it and not done it. It's just been three really, really busy months. So maybe now that Healing Kitchen is about to come out. Hey, hey, guess what? I got to hold in my hands for the first time this week. I tangentially saw that it was
0: happening. I did not get a chance to actually watch the video. I'm assuming that your third baby
1: is amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She's beautiful. I think she becomes a she because Mm. she's so beautiful. (laughs) good, Good books are girls. I'm just saying the other ones
0: yeah well there is a heavy female presence because there were two female authors so True. I could I could see how this would would be uh, so I have a niece um, rather than a nephew
1: haven't had a chance we so we basically like we're like are you ready now okay yeah I'm ready and we got on the phone and we both filmed what we were doing on our own ends and we opened the books together over the phone because, you know, it was a collaboration and it didn't really feel right that somebody should get to see it first. Right. This is the other person. And, um, and so one of the things I still have to do is like take those videos and kind of edit them together and put it up on YouTube for everybody to, to witness that moment. Cause I think it was, uh, we have a really, so Elaine and I have a, similar, different sort of rapport that you and I have where there's a lot of, there's a lot, large density of jokes and little jibes and zingers. And, um, and so even within that, like we're opening up this book, there's a lot of like little bits of teasing and I think it would be really funny for people to watch. I mean, maybe, maybe it'd just be like really weird and make people feel uncomfortable, (laughs) But, but, um, yeah. So at some point I will actually like, hopefully some, I was that was on my to-do list for today, but uh, the day happened and it didn't get done. Um, but I'm going to play with iMovie and put those things together so that people can see them. But, uh, yeah, it was, it's beautiful. Like, I really, you know, I, it was I, my favorite, I like but- from what I've
0: seen of it and I haven't, you know, obviously I haven't seen it, but I previewed it. I really like the kind of ethereal cleanness of the book, which I felt like was very different from what you've previously done.
1: And it was something that um, came out of our conversations about what the autoimmune community needs. And it really came out of you know, some experience with eBooks and other, you know, other books out there. And just knowing that the whole point of this book is to make the autoimmune protocol super approachable and to, to expand its usefulness to other chronic illnesses. So really just like here, if you've got a problem with your immune system, here's what you do. And to make it approachable from both a, the food's super easy. There's no weird ingredients, everything you could get at a Walmart superstore, um, nothing takes a huge amount of time or skill in the kitchen, right? But everything tastes really good. And so that was like one huge part of the book. But then the other huge part of the book was like, let's take, let's go all the way back to the beginning and explain the autoimmune protocol in a way that's super approachable. And like the science books out there for the people who want the science, right? That that's where I started. Now, here's the book that, you know, it, it's me. So clearly there's some science content because I can't turn off the dorkiness. But, um, but at the same time, you know, the introductory material is very, um, it's, it's very, it's written from a more like, you know, appealing to the reader's common sense, right. Gut instincts and, and, um, and making, you know, making these diet changes, um, not feel, Intimidating. So, one of the things that we wanted to do was make the design really approachable and make a lot of the information very graphic. So, there's a lot of infographics in the introductory material. Um, so, wherever we could, we sort of, st- it's interesting because in pl- certain places we stripped the graphics away to just make it just like this simple, just, you know, simple text, like it doesn't need anything else right here. And then where we could communicate the information visually. Okay, let's create a beautiful graphic here to communicate this information. And then um, we just really embraced space. Um, and it's, it's beautiful. And it was um, – I really felt like we had this, th- this wish list for Victory Belt's design team to put together – And it was almost like they could read our minds. And it was the most amazing thing when I first, there's this infographic of a kitchen. And there's like a a pantry, you know, a cupboard in the kitchen that's full of food. And then there's a fridge and a a freezer. And um, then there's food in all these places. And then there's like little, like, here's some examples of what would be in your freezer, what would be in your fridge, what would be in your pantry, Um, you know, foods, common foods that you would have around. And, um, and I had sort of, you know, I'd given them all of the, the text, right? Here's, here's all the text. Here's how it's organized. Um, here's, here's, you know, a three sentence description of my vision for this page. And like, here's a stock photography cartoon of a kitchen that I like the style of. And then they made what was in my head with, I felt like a very rudimentary description, like really bordering on asinine (laughs) in its Lack of detail, and they just—they just, they just up, like right out of the gate made this amazing two-page infographic. That I mean, I'm like, okay, I need to clearly be challenging this team more because they have such fantastic skill. So you know, Elena and I keep you know basically like we feel this is certainly among the most beautiful of Victor Belt's books. If I mean, there's was a little bit, somebody okay. we think it's the best, but. You know, clearly a little bit biased, just a smidgen. But it's, you know, we're just so pleased with how the visual aspects of it came together to reinforce the content that we put so much thought into. So it was really, really awesome to hold it in our hands. And I'm looking forward to having a lot more so I can start handing it out to people.
0: Awesome. Looking forward to receiving
1: it. Uh, Yeah, I have no idea when that will happen, but... Theoretically, relatively soon. Well, honestly, it's probably better that
0: it's not during uh, Thanksgiving, just because... Thanksgiving
1: will slow all that down.
0: I'm just going to be really frank. This is the time where I take advantage of that 20% and I eat gluten-free things or I eat more nuts than I normally would or whatever the case may be, knowing that I'm also going to just be lower stress and relax and that my body can recover and that, like, these are the choices that I'm making and it's okay. And then I move on. So it'll be good for me to to have an AIP book after Thanksgiving.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure that I'm not the only one who has this plan. (laughs) Uh, Probably not. It's one of the reasons why we were so excited that the book could come out in mid December so it's in everybody's hands for January 1st because we we figure January 1st is a really common time for people to decide to, you know, try the autoimmune protocol. So um yeah. Um let's let's talk a little bit about challenges and um making changes and that whole roller coaster of, you know, like for you and for me, it's a conscious decision of this is how I'm going to let things slide and it's controlled and it's not going to, it's not going to keep going down this slippery slope. It's going to be this and this and this, but it's not going to be the next seven things. Um, and then we go, okay, it's over time to tighten everything up. Um, and I kind of alluded to that a little bit at, at the beginning of the show, just based on sort of my sleep habits. Also, right now, need a little tightening up. Um, but I think that we've we've had so much positive feedback from our shows that are centered for um, sort of new people coming into paleo, and I think that with the holiday and the like. Really I see Thanksgiving, I mean, I guess it's Halloween, but I see Thanksgiving as really being the beginning of the holiday season, right? We go straight from Thanksgiving into holiday parties and all of a sudden it's Christmas, and then all of a sudden, it's New Years and then you're going, oh no, now what, you know, like it's that five weeks of complete you know just going from one thing to the next and and not necessarily putting a lot of thought into. What we're choosing to eat, and I think that it would be good to have a discussion with sort of people who are new to Paleo Mind. You know, somebody who you know we've been doing this a long time, so we know what our body tolerates, um, and we know how to satisfy a craving within that. You know, within that knowledge of what's going to be okay for us and what's kind of pushing it a little bit, and what's an absolute non-starter. We're not going to go there. Um, if you're new to Paleo. You know, one of the things that can happen over the holiday season is right—you you go off the diet, right? Like you, just, you end up having that whatever it is. Fall face first into a pizza
0: buffet, as I allude to, or, or perhaps in this case, pie. right dessert buffet,
1: or whatever right. the case may be. Whatever it is, and then kind of have to dust yourself off and get back on the bandwagon. And for me, you know, I came at paleo from a history of obesity and binge eating disorder and being on a diet, off a diet, on a diet, off a diet. And, you know, usually off a diet was way, way more intense than on a diet was, right? And um, and so that yo-yo, you know, lose five pounds, gain 10, lose five pounds, gain 10. And, um, and so for me, there's a lot of aspects of paleo that is – behavioral rather than, um, rather than food priorities. So for me, there's a, there's an aspect and it just comes from my own history of having an eating disorder, but there's an aspect of this where I have to really understand for me, what, what does derail me too far. And for me, you know, what I have to do, you know, the, the goal I think for everybody is that making the best choice is also the easy choice. It's also the natural choice. And I feel like I'm finally at that place, but it wasn't something that happened overnight. And it wasn't something that necessarily correlated even with healing physically. It's something that really has come with long-term commitment to this way of eating. So I think it would be kind of neat to talk a little bit about how do you make paleo a habit? How do you make it something that's so easy that it's your default. Um, and then maybe we could tackle you know, some, some sort of basic paleo questions for people who are just starting out on their paleo journeys.
0: Sounds good to me. You got some science
1: on this topic?
0: I always have science.
1: Let's do it. Next segment is Science with Sarah, where I take a moment to explain the details and the whys. So if we're talking about making paleo a habit, um, then really we need to talk about habit formation. And probably one of the, or definitely the biggest myth when it comes to habits is that it takes 21 days to make or break a habit. Um, Habit research is actually a huge um, field in in science, and there's a variety of different ways that habit formation is is evaluated. Um, And it's something that You know, psychologists, psychiatrists, doctors, you know, they're really interested in habit formation because there's this history of, you know, government guidelines. Um, And whether we agree with them or not, what we see from the general public is a selective implementation of the easy things from those guidelines. And generally no implementation of the things that take more effort. So how do you how do you educate somebody how, how do you how do you create an environment where someone can form a habit and can make something that is hard become easy? And so that's the motivation behind this field of research. And what it actually has shown um, is that it does not actually take 21 days um, and that the length of time that it takes, to form a habit. And that is defined as, um, basically performing a task without thinking about it. So, um, whatever that task is, um, you've decided that you're going to commit to repetitively performing that task task at a certain, in a certain situation at a certain time every day. And so it's, how long does it take before that's automatic? So you're you're performing that task without having to put effort into it um, or without having to use willpower. Um, And so what research has actually shown is that it varies person to person and it very likely varies from task to task. So There's probably um, a match, you know, uh, certain things, certain people will find easier, but that same person might find something else, a harder habit to make or break. Um, And so the range is actually between 18 days – and 254 days, which is about eight months, with the you know peak, the sort of average time and sort of most people falling in around the two-month mark, 66 days is the average amount of time that it takes somebody to form a new habit. So what this means from a sort of psychology perspective, and especially from a paleo challenge perspective, right? So there's a lot of 21-day challenges, 30-day challenges out there. And for most people, that length of time is actually not long enough for putting effort into a change to expect that change to be automatic at the end and it's probably one of the reasons why a lot of people will at least early on in their paleo journeys find themselves doing the challenge for 30 30 days and then they're off paleo for two months and then they get back and they do the challenge for 30 days and they're off paleo for two months Um, and it's why going into any you know any healthy change that you want to make whether it's something to do with diet or maybe it's you know you going for a walk every day or making your bedtime half an hour earlier every day or, and you know, whatever that habit is and thinking of it, that it's going to require commitment over a longer period of time than 21 days. is sort of like step one into being successful in forming a new habit. Science also shows that it's really important for habits to be action centered. So even if your goal is to break a bad habit having an action that you perform is rather than just not doing something, right? So if you're, for example, if your New Year's resolution is to stop smoking, having something that you do at the times that you would normally reach for a cigarette is sort of a key to being able to successfully break that bad habit. So you're substituting a different action. And maybe it's doing the dishes. Maybe it's taking a moment to walk outside and and breathe in some fresh air. Um, Maybe it's taking three slow, deep breaths or, you know, going up a flight of stairs, like whatever it is that makes sense for where you're going to be at at, when you're in that situation. So when you're in that, okay, this is where I would normally be when I would have my cigarette. What am I going to do in this, in that time and place instead? So science has actually come up with a protocol for making a habit. So even if you're breaking a habit, you're still making one because there's still an action that you're focused on. And it's really five steps, five simple steps. So the first one is to decide on what the goal is. What is this habit that we're going to try to create that will improve our health? So, you know, habit one, I'm going to eat organ meat three times a week or habit one, I'm going to put an extra serving of vegetables on my plate every every evening at dinner, right? Those types of things that are very specific, and it's always easier to break things up into small. You could have 10, you know, you could be working on 10 habits all at the same time. It's always easier to break them up into small manageable pieces, even if you're working on a bunch of pieces simultaneously. Step two choose what the action is. Figure out what the action is, a simple action that will progress you towards your goal and something that you can do on a daily basis or on the routine basis that this habit would be performed on. So if your goal is to have organ meat three times a week, then you have Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you know, I'm going to have organ meat at this meal, dinner, lunch, breakfast, whatever it is. Um, If it's going to bed a half hour earlier than maybe you're setting a reminder in your phone that it's time to start getting ready for bed, you know, an hour before your new bedtime. So choose that, that simple action. What is it going to be? Um, and then step three is to plan when and where you will do that action. So, um, having that time and that place and that, and the association is really important. So when I'm at this time and place, that I have every day of the week. That's what I'm going to do. This action that is towards my goal. So maybe that is every evening after dinner, I'm going to go for a 20-minute walk around my neighborhood. Um, so you've got your, you know, you have dinner at home. It's in the evening. It's typically around what 6:30 or whatever time it is, and then that's when I'm going to go for my walk. So step four is like that's the money step. Okay. Step four is every time you encounter that time in that place, do that action and it sounds like you know well that's the whole thing right that's habit formation but that's where the thought process that goes into you know steps 1 2 and 3 before you get to step 4 is what makes step 4 something that you can actually do day in and day out for the 2 plus months that it takes for that action to become automatic and so it's that that approach of planning the action Planning the goal, determining the action that goes with the goal and figuring out what time and place you're going to perform that action that all of a sudden makes it something that's actually doable day in and day out. And then step five is basically understanding that, you know, it's going to get easier with time. And so you you just – step five is keep going. Step five is just keep at it and in something like two months, typically within ten weeks, but it could be up to eight months. Most people will find that doing that, that action becomes automatic. So they don't need to think about it anymore. And that's when you have developed a habit. And so I, when I think about New Year's resolutions, for me, they're always habit-centered. I never make a goal-centered resolution. So I'm never like, I'm going to lose 10 pounds this year. It's always, I'm going to eat more salads. I'm going to go to bed earlier. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to commit to um, going for a walk you know, more times in the week, they're always habits that all together are going to make me healthier. So my body will normalize its weight, um, rather than, rather than fixating on this specific goal. And some, some habits, health habits are easy to do that with, right? Focus, focus health goals, right? It's easy to focus on the habits. Um, other news resolutions, of course, that's not, you know, if you're one of your news resolutions is to, you know, Travel to Europe this year, that's a little bit different to break into a habit. Um, But when it comes to health-centered goals, whether it's a New Year's resolution or it's a time you're going to start a challenge or you're determined to go through the holidays and stay on track, you know, whatever time of year that is, it's your birthday and you've got, you're thinking about what you want to do before your next birthday. Um, You know, starting to take those, those, um, health goals and, and think about them in terms of habits rather than reaching some destination. And one of the reasons why that's so good is because the habits are conducive to health and they're not something you want to stop once you reach your goal. So um, so you want to make, you know going for a walk several times a week a lifelong, habit because it's going to reduce your risk of chronic illness and keep your bones strong and keep your stress, you know, well-managed for the rest of your life. Like, you know, going for a walk is never a bad choice. Um, so, so really focusing in on creating these habits that are conducive to health rather than um, fixating on, on reaching a specific health goal is uh, typically a much more sustainable um, and sort of lifelong approach to health journeys.
0: I would say, too, that where there are things in your life that even aren't health related, like you said, traveling, there are usually things that hold people back from that that are habit derived, like um working and not taking leave or not you know spending money and not saving money like there there are things like that that are usually the drivers behind why one you know, would have a a goal of making travel happen where it previously hadn't. So I th- I think I think everything in life is habit based. I mean, even for me, we talk about parenting and that kind of stuff. Like, you know, sometimes we all wanna just pull our hair out and scream and have temper tantrums. <laughs> yep. Right? Uh, especially now you're spending a lot of time with your children while they're on <laughs> leave, as we all are. Um, but it's about habit forming of saying like Okay, I'm going to take a deep breath and walk away, or I'm going to remember to have patience, or I'm going to ask questions rather than giving answers. You know, like there are just things that happen that we as parents set about doing to form habits rather than kind of what is instinctual to us. And I think um, for me, the the biggest thing that I've ever done. And I think it's consistent with what a lot of what you're doing, but it's more specifically about retraining your brain, right? And there are a lot of things online. And I think we've even talked about it on the podcast before about um, different techniques and mechanisms and, and people that are out there that are kind of helping people reframe their mind. And for me, there are certain things that I cannot eat, but instead of telling myself, like, I cannot eat that, because technically I could, I could put gluten in my mouth. Like I could go <laughs> buy a cinnamon bun and I could put the gluten in my mouth. Like I could do it, but I have not intentionally consumed gluten in over five years because I know if I do that, I won't feel the way that I want to feel. And so I tell myself like, I don't want that, which is a much more powerful feeling. And it's a habit that I created to empower myself and feel responsible and accountable and really good about the choices that I'm making rather than This emotional association that a lot of us have, especially at the holidays where you indulge and you didn't mean to of guilt and and shame or whatever it is. And just as a reminder, as we're entering these things and if you've eaten something that you didn't intentionally set out to make a choice to do, like there is no emotion in food. Food is an object. It does not It does not have an association, good or bad. It is a food. And so, you know, if you did consume something that you don't want to continue to consume or, you know, you're going to make a different decision, that's great. Move forward and, you know, set about setting habits. but also creating a habit of guilt and shame, as many of us do about foods and diet, you know, yo-yo diets and all these things that society sets up about what you should or shouldn't do. They don't exist. It's really like, what do you want? What makes you feel good? What gets you to a place with health? And then set about creating those habits. And if you decide, as I intend to decide (laughs) on Thanksgiving, that you know, right now I'm trying to avoid non AIP foods because, um, through a stress and all that kind of stuff, I can feel myself being on the cusp of, um, a flare. And so for me, I manage that with lifestyle and and diet. And so, um, normally I would not indulge in that because right now I'm trying to eat the foods that make me feel the best, but I've told myself like, I'm going to make this choice and I'm going to be okay with this choice and the world will not come to an end. And I am going to get to enjoy a meal with my family without neuroses and, and all of these things that come to me personally as someone who, you know, has uh, had a history of emotional eating and disordered eating my whole life. Like we're already making this change in our life to be, you know, hosting a paleo friendly Thanksgiving, I'm going to eat pie that has almond flour in the crust and that's going to be okay. But that's because I know where the lines are for me. And that isn't going to, you know, put me into a state of health that, um, would be problematic right for for some people like i wouldn't suggest someone with nut allergies decide to eat right. something and then go into anaphylactic shock like you you have to know where where your boundaries are and when you're starting out that's really difficult to know and so if you make a decision and you say to yourself as a lot of people do on the holidays believe it or not You know, Sarah and I cannot have gluten because it is health conditions that we have. But there are a lot of paleo people that decide on special occasions that they're going to paleo YOLO, as they call it, right? (laughs) Like you only live once. And so they decide that the gluten does not affect their health the way it affects Sarah and I's or other people's. And so.
1: Violent vomiting is not something I ever choose exactly. to do. I'm exactly, exactly.
0: Well, like we had Josh on the podcast and Josh admitted that, you know, he, I don't want to say admitted because that sounds negative, but Josh oh, openly but- talked about that that was something that he had consumed and that, you know, it's not an everyday occurrence, but that, you know, it, it was actually healing for him to kind of let go of the stigma because he didn't have a kind of violent reaction to it. It doesn't make him feel good. It's not a health food, but it's not... You know, something that derails his health and therefore people like Josh consume gluten on these days. So if that's something you do because you go to your parents' house and, you know, you set out like I'm going to be strong and I'm only going to eat turkey and Brussels sprouts and you come home with a belly full of pumpkin pie, like there is no emotion that needs to be associated with that. Like guilt and shame and all those feelings don't help with the progress of health. And so just just remember that and, you know, say to yourself, okay, it happened You know, what decisions do I want to make moving forward and
1: then create these habits? And that's you. I do do encourage people who, you know, aren't sure how Thanksgiving is going to go. Right. So it's can be a source of stress for people. I'm going home. I don't know if there's anything I'm going to be able to eat there. Um, If you are somebody who doesn't yet know where your lines are, um, you know, it's. So unfortunately for a lot of people those types of situations whether whether it's Thanksgiving or it's a July 4th barbecue is like where they discover <laughs> oh yeah I really really can't do X food um and it can be really miserable if you you know make this choice that you're going to to or if you don't right you just like give in and indulge and then you feel miserable so I I would encourage people to go into it with the mindset of and if I choose to have the pie, then that's like an opportunity for me to challenge wheat and conventional dairy and you know whatever else is in that pie um and I'm going to you know I will find out how my body reacts to it because it's if you kind of feel like there's a there's a mental shift right so okay I've decided it's gonna, you know, I'm gonna do this Thanksgiving thing. I'm gonna go eat this food. I'm gonna find out how this food works for me, versus being in the situation, feeling like you don't have control, eating it and feeling guilty, and then feeling ill or miserable or what, you know, whatever the symptoms are. And then there's the all, all the anger and the shame and the, def, you know, feeling defeated. So make sure to to be. Make sure that your decisions are empowered. So make sure that as you are approaching these holidays, um, a if you know you're going to feel violently ill, problem solve that beforehand. Have something else there that you can eat. Have a discussion with the host. You know, make sure that your your needs are going to be met. If you don't, if you think you'll probably be okay, um, you know, make sure that still it's a conscious choice. So it's not, you know, it's not giving into temptation, it is the the choice to enjoy this food with your friends and family. Um and that mindset if things go awry, which they can, especially when you've only been doing this a short period of time, if you actually have a food intolerance, the reactions are magnified in that 2 week to several months, you know, 2 week to 6 month range. Um, So if you do have a a food sensitivity to those foods, the reactions will be, can be quite dramatic. Um, So, you know, know that that can happen um, and know that the best, you know, we've done recovery shows, but know that the best thing you can do after that is sleep, reduce stress, stay hydrated, right? Work on gut health. Um, But those are the best things that you can do to recover if it gets bad. And, um, but it's a lot easier to get back um, sort of back in the game when things went bad and you knew that could happen and you knew you made the choice anyways, right? It's so much easier to to bounce back when it's your own choice and you knew that that was a possibility compared to feeling like you were bullied into it, you know, feeling like you were peer pressured or, you know, all of the other possible scenarios that could, that could lead to you eating that particular food. Sounds good to me. Let's answer
0: some questions. Questions and answers, where we answer questions submitted by you through the contact form on our websites, paleomom.com and paleoparents.com.
1: Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. So our first question is from Patricia. Patricia says, First of all, I want to say you both really inspire me. I've been diagnosed with my first autoimmune disease and the paleo diet seems to really help. It's just that I'm still having a hard time being consistent. I have a question for you. What did you use for snacks when you traveled on an airplane? Um, what can you take with you? If you can get back to me with suggestions, I'd really appreciate it. I'm trying so hard to stay up with, on with my diet. This
0: is a really good question, especially as people are traveling so I um i will tell you Patricia that there are things that you can buy and then there are things that you can bring so I think we should each like give a couple of those there mm-hmm. um so when I pack in my bags I usually pack something sweet I usually pack something salty and then I always pack like protein um, and all of those inevitably end up having some satiating fat involved as well so Something like a Steve's Paleo Kit, if you're not AIP, that has um, nuts. I, do they
1: still do the coconut ones? Actually, those might be. I don't. I can't because no, it would be like paprika on it. They but, all have nightshades, yeah. so I don't eat any of them, unfortunately. Yeah. They're, they're really so, tasty. I, yeah. remember the, I remember my pre-AIP days and my love of Steve's Paleo Kits.
0: So Steve's Paleo Kits, if you don't have a paprika problem, because that's what I... I remember when I started reconsuming paprika and being super excited, but, um, those have like fruit and nuts and some have coconut and meat in them. So it's nearly a meal and they have no problem going through TSA. They're, um, air packed, you know, um, what do they call those suction machines? Like, you know, they're, yeah. yeah. Um, so they, they fit really well in, in purses and backpacks and all that kind of stuff. Um. I also really love Epic bars, um, and RX bars as, um, uh, Epic is almost always like a protein and a fat for me. There's, um, not really sweets or fruit or anything in them. They're really savory and, um, RX bars in the other hand, so that to me is like a lunch or a dinner in between kind of snack. But for breakfast, that's too much for me. <laughs> like I just can't have an Epic bar that early in the morning. So RX bars really work for me. They're made with dates and egg white protein and they're now using cashews instead of figs. I don't know if you heard about this, Sarah, but. Didn't. Um, well, their- I
1: always thought the figs was the magic. Thing. I know. Of I haven't.
0: They sent me an email that said that they want feedback on this new formula, but the I really psycho loved the figs, but I'm curious because I I like cashews as well. So Um, anyway, so RX bars are are one of my favorites. And then for sweets, um, well, an RX bar is kind of sweet, but I'm really very often tempted into, especially when I'm traveling and I'm not getting very good sleep to be drawn to something like ice cream or like a low quality chocolate when I'm out and about. So I pack myself, um, specifically Steve's, um, dried strawberries are like gummy candies to me. They're amazing. And they're just like strawberries and apple juice. And then, um, I also really uh, always have to pack like a really good dark chocolate to avoid other chocolate. Cause then I'm like, well, I already have this dark chocolate in my bag. I shouldn't eat that. Not shouldn't. I don't like the word shouldn't. I, it would, it would not be a wise choice for me to buy this other low quality chocolate since I already have chocolate in my bag. So those are the foods that I always have around. And I find that those work really well for the boys as well. Um, they have some p- particular favorites. They really like plantain chips and some more carb centric snacks that we pack as well. But, um, I, I don't, I don't tend to consume those if I'm like in between and needing a snack. So I know the cassava strips and the plantain chips are both AIP friendly and kind of crunchy and salty if that's something that you're into. But when I'm out and about and I don't have something or I really want a meal, salads and bunless burgers are what I always stick to. So I can almost always find, um, a salad and salads are like rarely pre-mixed, even at like, um quick dining restaurants, they're compiling them. So like if I get a Cobb salad or something, I can tell them no blue cheese, no tomatoes. And then I just get a a salad with bacon and chicken and avocado. And you know, you can ask for olive oil and dressing, or you can pack your own salad dressing in your bag. Um, there's a variety of ways to approach that if you don't want to have, you know, whatever kind of dressing they're serving.
1: Okay, so that was all – that was like all the things. All, all your things. Um, so, I mean, I think maybe what I'll do is take the – take that question to a strict autoimmune protocol level um, and go so far as like what can you do for international travel where your limitations – you've got some limitations in terms of what you can bring. So I travel between America and Canada um, fairly frequently because I'm Canadian and I live in America. Um, so that's a thing. Um, so I'm really f- very well familiar with the, um, customs between those two countries and it's different, but in different countries. So there's certain things that I can bring into Canada that you might not be allowed if you were traveling to China, for example. Um, but there are currently two flavors of Epic bars that are entirely autoimmune protocol friendly. Um, the bison bacon cranberry and the beef apple bacon. Um, the beef apple bacon is by far my favorite flavor. Um, and uh, I mean, the bison cranberry good, but the, the beef apple bacon is totally the bomb. Um, I, and so I, I haven't
0: even had that. It's the plain, so, it's the plain bacon pieces that I really like, but
1: I'm going to have to check out this. I, so those, the salt, apple. the salt on the plain bacon pieces gets to me. So I feel like for me, it's an, it's a snack, but it's not, it's too salty for the protein for a meal. Um, so for, for me, it's the bars that the. Beef apple bacon bars are. I mean, I I really do eat them for breakfast at least four mornings a week. So um, they're they're just they are my emergency food. I always have two bars in my purse. Um, I may or may not buy all the cases every time they're in stock. Um, And so they are autoimmune protocol friendly. They're non perishable, um, therefore they can cross a border. Um, The other protein, because I always feel like protein is the hardest. for autoimmune protocol that is really easy to bring across the border is there's quite a few different, um, grass fed meat jerkies out there that are seasoned with just salt. Um, so for example, U S wellness meats has a couple different, different options. One that is not technically non-perishable, but one that is good at room temperature for quite a long time. Um, so those are great options. The other thing that I like is things like pouched tuna. I mean, yes, eating plain tuna is not most enjoyable experience for most people. Um, but it tends to travel really well. You can take that pouch and put it in another bag. Um, TSA has never given me any flack over having canned fish, you know, there's a little bit of liquid in there, but they've never They've never said anything to me. That's no guarantee that they won't say anything to you, but they just seem to ignore it when it's in my suitcase. So there's that. Um, And I find canned fish can be – it's a really good like I'm getting to the hotel and now I can finally eat food, right? To me, I always feel really self-conscious eating something like sardines or canned oysters on an airplane because I feel like now the entire airplane smells like my sardines. Um, And that's maybe not what all 200 people on board wanted to smell. So, um, so on an airplane, I'll stick with like Epic bars, jerky. And then for me, when I travel, I always know where the border is. So I can pack a salad or some like raw veggies, some, uh, you know, an apple, banana, something like that. And, um, I always know, like, I have to finish that before I cross the border. And so if I'm not finished it, then I have to throw it out. And, you know, before I, before I go through customs and immigration, um, dried fruit is usually a good one, um, and allowed across borders. Um, Stacey already mentioned plantain chips and cassava chips, which are autoimmune protocol friendly and a nice little carbohydrate, um, kick, which i I find can be really, really helpful on those long trips. And sometimes the salt, right. Cause it gets you drinking a little bit more can be really good to, to stop from getting dehydrated on an airplane. Um, and then, in airports um you know i usually i usually pack so much i don't need to buy anything in the an airport if i do it's usually you can often get again veggie sticks with you know the dips in a separate sealed container so you can just throw out the dip um or a salad again where you know things are are nicely compartmentalized so you can you know things it hasn't if it has croutons in it then i'm not going to touch that but if it's you know, in a separate little bag and I can throw that bag out, then I'll um, typically go for that. Um, fruit, right? So apples and bananas are super easy to get. and Sometimes fresh oranges, super easy to get in um, airports. And often in business class, they'll have fresh fruit, so bananas or apples. So if you're on like an international flight where they're providing a meal, even if your meal doesn't come with fresh fruit, you can often ask for it and they will you know, if it's just one person who's asking for a banana, they can go up to business class and get you one of their bananas. They usually have tons. Um, so those are like my go-tos for travel. You know, my kids don't follow the, – they just are standard paleo. So for them, I have an entirely different collection of things. Um, you know, it's a lot more nut-based. And for them, it's always the – the um, Trick for them is always finding a protein. I forgot about Powerballs. Have you had Powerballs yet? I have not had Powerballs. You need to get yourself some Powerballs. So there are so many jokes right now, but yes, I'm just yes, gonna roll. Yes, yes, you do. Uh, so these are a new product on the market. I've to me they. Feel like a cookie. So um, they're very much sort of like a macaroon-sized. They're coconut-based. So if you don't tolerate coconut, that's not going to work. But they are autoimmune protocol-friendly. They're made with gelatin and collagen, and they have a, quite an impressive amount of protein in one little cookie. And they're, again, vacuum-sealed, so they're non-perishable. And that's like a sweet treat that's totally portable and would be allowed across the border. And it has a little protein kick, so it's also – you know it's always good to be able. To, that's always I've, to me the struggle traveling is, is where am I going to get my, my safe proteins? So, uh, power, uh, yeah, total plug for Powerballs right there.
0: The other thing that you didn't mention that I thought you would was the U.S. Wellness Meats pork rinds. Um, oh, they have a salt only one now, yeah. I those- should, I those are one of my AIP staples, and I always bring a bag or two. They're not super convenient for packing if you're traveling and you have a limited space because they're puffy and they take up space. But like when we go on car road trips and stuff, I always take some for myself, and I have to like swat the boys' hands away from them because I'm like, it's
1: mine. Uh, no, my my brand new six year old, she turned six on Wednesday, so I have to say six year old. <laughs> um, that's like one of her favorite things. So she'll see me open it and she'll be like. Mom, can I have one? Oh, yeah. Those those bags never go stale because as soon as you open
0: them, everybody's like, "Uh, I'll have a few and then they're gone. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Perfect. Um, One more question, maybe? Let's do one more. This is from Justin. And Justin says, hello, I want to follow the autoimmune protocol, but I don't have access to a kitchen because of my current living situation. Is it even possible to follow an AIP diet when you can't put together anything in a kitchen at all? Any advice on prepackaged meals, snacks, etc. that I can easily buy at a grocery store, or Target, or Walmart? All right.
0: Um, you said AIP snacks? Mm-hmm. Well, nuts are out for you, my friend. Hard-boiled eggs are out for you. These are hard. Those are are really difficult things for me because I remember starting AIP and stopping it at a 7-Eleven and the things that I was used to eating on the road at regular stores um, were no longer uh, an option. And I remember crying in the car and just like freaking out. And what I learned to do was pack things like we just talked about um, and uh, fresh fruit is another one, but that didn't have protein. So for me, um, making sure that I had protein of another source, because the other thing about AIP that Sarah, you and I don't talk about, but was really important for me was finding out what kind of, um, cooking fat it was used in because I have a gallbladder issue as well. And so cooking fats was like, really important for me when I went through the healing process. If it's the
1: wrong fats, it can be very inflammatory. So you can take a great food and make it a bad food by cooking it in the wrong fats. Right.
0: So technically you could get like, you know... It wouldn't have spices on it. It wouldn't have whatever. But then if they cooked it in a low quality fat for me, it would, it would affect me digestively. So um, when I went strict AIP and I had to start, uh, there was not a single restaurant that only cooked in lard because butter is out and canola oil is out and all that kind of stuff. Like I couldn't find any place. Um, And then I found Elevation Burger (laughs) that has olive oil. But anyway, um, it's really about planning ahead. Like I, I don't. I don't have a lot of ideas for you, other than what we just mentioned. I do know that, like my local giant, has a lot of um, a lot of the foods that we've talked about now, like plantain chips. They have um, my local stores, including Target. Target's a really good option because almost everybody has it, and they are going towards a. Um, or organic approach as well as Costco. So if either of those are an
1: even, option... Even Walmart is.
0: Walmart now carries grass-fed beef. Interesting. Well, I know like for me, Target carries a lot of things that I could only previously find at Whole Foods like La Croix water or um, mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to think what else. Plantain chips. They carry... Um, the high quality uh, soy free chocolate chips. So there's a lot of things there that I was having to go to whole foods for. And a target is like in biking distance for us. It's, it's really close. So, um, being able to have those options, it's easier than giant, which for AIP, um, depending on what store you're at, you know, like uh, Jackson ch- sweet potato, coconut oil chips is not going to be something that you can likely find at your local giant. So, um, I think that there might be plantain chips at our local giant, but we also have like a really urban giant. So I'm not even going to assume that that's there. I don't know. Do you have better yeah, ideas? So,
1: I mean, I guess uh, – so here's two sets of ideas. So I don't know if Justin has access to like a bar fridge. So maybe he has no kitchen, but he has a little bar fridge where he can actually keep.
0: I actually ask – I mean, that's a good point. Food, we, right? When we book our hotels, we always – Like, look for a hotel that has a mini fridge,
1: specifically that has a microwave-slash-fridge combo. So with a, if you've got a mini fridge, then um, most stores will have a rotisserie chicken with no seasoning as one of the options. Um, So there'll be, you know, a naked rotisserie chicken. Um, Those are pretty easy to find, and that would be a great uh, protein option. Um, And then often in the deli sections, there is... Um, You know, you can get pre-made salads without a salad dressing. You can get, you know, sometimes there'll be a salad bar and you can just pick and pick and choose, or you can get vegetable sticks ready to go. Um, Keep a little olive oil and a little, um, you know, balsamic vinegar. You you know, it's basically something like one-to-one or a little bit more olive oil to vinegar is there. You've got a salad dressing or olive oil and lemon juice is really delicious as a salad dressing. Um some places delis will have you know that you start to have to worry about the read the ingredients and and look at the fats, but you know, maybe they'll have like roasted sweet potatoes or something like that. Often it's in canola oil, so just you know, ask questions if you don't know. Um fresh fruit. Um and then if a fridge is not an easy thing, and if you're not a person who eats a whole rotisserie chicken in one sitting, because um, maybe Justin is. Um, then canned seafood is a great option. So uh, canned fish or fish, fish in, in pouches. It is good to make sure the cans are BPA free. But there's a even Walmart or or Target will have quite a diversity of canned fish. I mean, there's also things like canned chicken. Do you read the ingredients. Um, but those are great options with some you know raw veggies and a piece of fruit and if you can get something like plantain chips or cassava chips maybe you do an online order for those things um that can you know that you've got you've got a, you know a salad some raw veggies you've got your starchy vegetable you've got some fruit you've got some, um, some protein you know it's obviously not ideal um but it's you know it's doable you can get some um trying to think none of the online vendors actually have like AIP um like liverwurst or pâtés they all have pepper in them if you know pepper's okay for you then that opens up a whole other range of options um you can get like canned cod livers which are really good with plantain chips as crackers and get some some liver in that way um or maybe this is a really good case for Vital Proteins' new liver, encapsulated liver pills, or Dr. Ron's, who has a, a variety of different sort of grass-fed organ meats, all you know, dehydrated and put in pill form. Um, that's a good way to get the, those extra nutrients. So I think that there's, you know, it it gets more boring, right? Because you're not cooking things with, you know, there's the flavors that you create when you cook that you. You don't get in any other way, but there is still, I think, a, a very large diversity of you know pretty much every vegetable that is on the autoimmune protocol you can eat raw. I can't think of any examples. Uh, cassava you wouldn't want to eat raw, but I, like I can think of like that's it. That's all. That's all I got. Bamboo don't eat bamboo raw. There's very few vegetables that you wouldn't want to eat raw that you actually need to prepare in order to make them safe to eat. Um, and so you know all those vegetables you can eat raw. The fiber from raw vegetables is really, really good for us. So, you know, don't feel bad that you're eating raw vegetables. Um, And then fruit's great. And, you know, seafood is, I mean, I actually sometimes think that a a pescatarian approach to the autoimmune protocol may even be superior. So, um, especially if it includes a, a variety of seafood and lots of shellfish. So there's that. You could also look at things like, Sea snacks, so you're getting some seaweed. They're made with olive oil. Um, trying to think of some other good, like, eat right out of the package. Kelp noodles, you can eat right out of the package. You just rinse them. Um, hmm. I, all, the, I just, all the other things we just mentioned, right? Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah. a lot of the stuff that you're saying, I totally agree with, but I just know that they're not, like, at my regular stores. You know, like a.
1: So, I mean, Whole Foods has has kelp noodles. Um, I've seen Sea Snacks in a lot of different places around here. Um, So, you know, I definitely feel like you know you can do simple salad, veggies, veggie sticks, um, some fruit, and either rotisserie chicken or canned seafood really easily from anywhere. Um, And then I feel like you know. For the variety, you know, an order from Amazon or from One Stop Palo Shop or from Barefoot Provisions, um, you know, an order of some of the the extra fun snacks um, can add to quality of life in that type of limited cooking situation.
0: Yeah, I that's. Definitely, if you have the option, like if you don't have a store near you, but I would definitely recommend checking out Target and Costco. We have a really comprehensive Costco shopping list that Monica can put the link in the show notes for, but um, otherwise, like we get a lot of stuff delivered from um, Amazon and One Stop Paleo Shop that like magically arrive at our door and we don't have to (laughs) leave the house and it's exactly what we want and, you know, top top quality ingredients. So if, if you're not finding some of the stuff that we're talking about, you can certainly find them, um, online and even like Amazon subscribe and save. Even if you can find them locally, we got a lot of things just because we have Amazon prime membership. It is delivered free in two days. And then the subscribe and save option is like up to 15% off of whatever the low Amazon price is to begin with. So like plantain chips and the boys get. Avocado oil potato chips that they pack in their lunches and um, uh, just,
1: you know, a ton of stuff through subscribe and save. Sure. Yeah, um, I definitely use subscribe and save. And um, in Atlanta, we have same day delivery now. Yeah, we some of some members. of our items are same same day, but not. all. Yeah, of them. I mean, it's yeah, no, it's clearly not all. But um, th- that that has has I've heard really saved good. me so much time. I've heard really good things about the. Amazon fresh
0: food delivery service that's starting up i have a friend in texas that has access to it in dallas that is like raving about how awesome and affordable and high quality it is
1: it's really high like they're doing like organic produce and yep but i mean if that's what you order yes Mm. yeah
0: so if if and when it comes to our area I, i don't know i've never been one to like get fresh i mean my and stuff delivered, but... whole foods does delivery and i've never ever yeah. used it yes. we have local grocery stores that do it as well but i just i'm a sucker for amazon man
1: <laughs> it's nice to be able to buy so much in one place I... yes i amazon's my friend um my neighbors comment about how often i get boxes oh, your delivered. neighbors
0: it's not the the delivery guy that knows you by name
1: Oh, the delivery guys know me by name for years. <laughs> that's old hat. Yep, yep. No, it's the neighbors that are like, What do you buy? I'm like e-
0: everything. Sometimes for you and I it's not even what we're buying. Sometimes it's just like,
1: oh, someone sent me this thing. Okay. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That is a whole other a whole other level though. Yeah. But um no, I do I, I find that I can get specifically what I want for cheaper with less time investment online and so I do a lot of online shopping um, a really embarrassingly large amount actually I might have a problem so all I'm saying
0: all right well we don't want people to have problems but hopefully we've helped you come up with some solutions for ideas on even if you're not a newbie I know that um, these are questions that we get asked all the time so hopefully it's helpful for you hopefully you're having a wonderful kickoff to your holiday season whenever you might be listening to this
1: should we try it again? Do you want to try it again? What are we trying? Happy Thanksgiving on three. Oh gosh! Ready? We this gotta end the show. Be with be it. so it's, gonna right. it's gonna be so terrible. All right. It can. It cannot be worse than the first attempt. Okay. okay. You ready? Mm-hmm. One, two, three. Happy, Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving! See, it was better.
0: Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening, everyone. Give those close to you a big hug and a kiss and make sure that you are working on those lifestyle factors for de-stressing. The holiday periods are incredibly stressful for a lot of people. They are the height of the American health epidemic in terms of heart attacks and stressful-causing diseases. So make sure that you're taking time to think and appreciate what they're really about and don't get caught up in anything that might be stressful and the opposite of the intention of the holidays.
1: Here here. Thanks for listening everyone and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to the Paleo View. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes. You can also support us by shopping for our favorite paleo products on the sidebars of our individual websites or by donating through PayPal. So, for some weird reason, Skype was not like automatically running on my computer when you called. And I like. It could not predict your need for the podcast. It doesn't know. So, I thought (laughs) that it was just on all the time and it was like impossible to turn off, but low. Apparently, it really is a government monitoring tool that they just
0: have on (laughs) all the time. You're Mm -hmm. right. Your Canadian while has
1: you've you've got us. I've noticed. I've noticed little click clicks on my phone call, and yeah, (laughs) pretty sure I'm under I'm under close supervision. Yeah, you're you're troublesome one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yep. I yes. I'm pretty sure I do all the bad things, right?
0: Definitely. That's,
1: we talked about it last week. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure we hit. Sarah does all the. Yeah, wasn't that it? No, no, it wasn't at all. <laughs> Nobody needs to be working Thursday night instead of drinking. <laughs> you make it seem like, like we're all alcoholics. <laughs> <laughs> Seeking the truth never gets old.